He speaks. Tucker Carlson speaks. He comes out of the woodwork. Actually, he's standing in front of some very lovely woodwork. He's got like a wood paneling at his, I assume, one of his, his house in Florida. I don't know. He's got lots of houses. Maine, Florida, New York, I think D.C. Anyway, what's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. And man, we got a lot to talk about today. I guess we should just kick it off with Tucker Carlson coming out of, he wasn't really hiding. You know, I, I read one headline, Tucker Carlson comes out of hiding. He wasn't hiding. He was riding around in a golf cart yesterday with his wife, uh, going to dinner on a Tuesday, laughing hysterically, talking to the Daily Mail. I don't need, I don't see, I don't feel like he's been hiding. I mean, if I had multiple homes around the country, Florida, New York, Maine, uh, I don't know where else he is, but you know, like, let's say you walk into work or I guess he didn't walk into work. He got a phone call. Let's say you're in New York city and you're preparing to do your show and you get a phone call from your boss saying, Hey, stop preparing to do your show. You're fired, but we're still going to give you the $40 million that we owe you on your contract. Then I imagine I would be like, okay, no work today. Why don't I just charter a plane real quick, fly down to Florida and sit on the beach for a while. And that's exactly what he did. And yesterday uh, he released a statement on Twitter here. I'll play it for you. This is, this is Tucker Carlson's statement yesterday. Uh, the tweet just reads, good evening. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. By the way, I'm not heartened by the fact that there's a lot of hilarious people in the world because I like to think of myself as a hilarious person. And I thought that was, I thought that would made me unique. But if there's a lot of hilarious people out there, then I'm totally, I'm totally screwed. But enough about my selfish needs. Let's get back to Tucker. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? Yeah, by the way, I have heard legitimate debates or not debates, but you know, those are all, if you, if you notice it, Tucker Carlson, what he did right there was he listed all of the topics that he spent a lot of his time and effort devoted to. One was demographic change, which in fact, his very last show on Friday was all about demographic change and how the Democrats are pushing for demographic change, how they're moving blue staters into red staters and blue stater and blue uh, neighborhoods. They're trying to turn, I'm sorry, red neighborhoods. They're trying to turn blue. They're trying to move, um, you know, uh, low income housing into the suburbs so that they can win more of the suburbs because that's the one part of the country that they still have trouble penetrating at the election, uh, at the ballot box. It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. Okay, so then he launches into uh, how the corporate media culture and the political media culture are actually just working together to dictate what it is they want you to think about and know about and care about. And in doing so, they can basically monopolize the conversation, put in place people 
who know how to manipulate that conversation and, um, you know, regain power or uh, get placed in positions of political power. But he's saying all's not lost. And then it goes, there's like another minute. I'm not going to play the whole thing. You can find it. But clearly he's setting up for his return. He's out there saying, look, I'm, I know who I am. I know who the problem is. I know who the enemies are. And he is, he is setting up. He's setting up in this very first part of this whole thing uh, who he's going to be attacking in the future. He's letting you know we have enemies. They are not your friends. You may think they are, but they're not. And uh, coming very soon, I'm going to be I'm going to be returning in some aspect, in some form to let you know about that. Speaking of which, let me remind you, I, too, have been declaring for quite some time that we have enemies, foreign and domestic. And I've been keeping this dossier of all enemies, foreign and domestic. And on uh, on Tuesday, May the 2nd, Tuesday, May 2nd, that's next Tuesday. So not a lot of time. I'll be opening this up. I'll be sharing a copy with you. I'll send you an actual copy and I will uh, go through it page by page so that you can be aware of all the threats facing the United States of America. And there's a lot of them. Uh, Tucker Carlson's doing it. I'm doing it. You need to be aware of exactly who's coming for you. And of course, how we can battle back against them. Um, you want to see what's in here. All enemies, foreign and domestic, May the 2nd at 8 p.m. Register now. Go to enemiesreport.com. Enemiesreport.com. And you can register, well, to join me on May the 2nd. It's going to be it's going to be quite informative. Uh, all right. Now, in addition to Tucker Carlson speaking, there's another big news story that I, uh, I spoke with um, Rich Jones at WOKV this morning. We were talking about Ron DeSantis being sued by Disney. Now, Disney, this whole feud back and forth is, uh, is you know, it's getting a little ridiculous, but each side has their own take and each side is going to continue fighting and each side thinks that there's a benefit to them. Disney does not want to lose their self-governing status. And so they've sued Ron DeSantis and they're claiming that this whole attack on them is political. They're claiming that this is just him. It's retaliation, they say. It's a government retaliation because they supported the parental, or I'm sorry, they did not support the Parental Rights and Education Act. And in fact, they spoke out against it and they, they threatened to, um, uh, you know, use their money and their assets and their influence and their, and their political and their legal abilities to stop the legislation that protects kids in schools and gives parents the rights over their kids' education, which is odd, again, because that is their number one customer base. I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to hurt your own customers, but again, I'm not, I'm not a multi-billion dollar international global corporation, and maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe hurting your customers is what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I need to figure out who my customers are and just feed them a bunch of crap they don't want, because apparently that's what, that's what works. That's what Bud Light's doing. That's what Disney's doing. That's what Fox News is doing. Maybe, and they're all, they're all way uh, richer than I am. But anyway, I digress. So Ron DeSantis has now said, look, this is, this is Disney's uh, last ditch effort. We feel confident that we are within our legal right. There's no other company that has the kind of distinction that Disney has in Florida or really in the United States for that matter. I don't know of any other company that is allowed to run their own little city within a state. I don't know any other company that's allowed to run their own police department and fire department and municipalities and just basically is, you know, self assess their projects and give themselves carte blanche to do whatever they want. I mean, that just doesn't happen anywhere else. Disney got a cush deal and they they kind of got too big for their britches. And Ron DeSantis reminded them of that. Now, a lot of folks are saying this is bad for Big Daddy D for Ron DeSantis because it makes him look like he's attacking one of the most beloved organizations on the planet. It makes him look like he's petty, 
like he's fighting this culture war when he should be working for Floridians and when he should be working on bigger uh, issues. And in fact, he's already been attacked on that. Uh, Ron DeSantis has been attacked by Donald Trump and other Republicans saying, why are you going after corporate America? You're supposed to be a small government guy. You're supposed to be a, a capitalism guy. You know, you keep saying you're conservative, but here you are telling this company what they can and can't do, which isn't necessarily accurate. But here's the problem. When you're running for president or when you're running in a primary to be the, the candidate to run for president, you're going to attack somebody no matter what. So, for example, in this specific instance, if Ron DeSantis had not done anything or said anything to Disney, if Disney had just started investing money and hiring lawyers and fighting the Parental Rights and Education Act the way they claimed they were going to do, not just in Florida, but in other states. If that had happened, then Donald Trump and Nikki Haley and everyone else would have said, you know what? You're being soft on this company and you're allowing them to indoctrinate our kids and you're allowing them to spread this groomer mentality and you're a weak governor and you'll be a weak president. That would have been the argument. So instead, Ron DeSantis steps up and says, no, Disney, you're not going to do that. You're not going to interfere in our children's education. You're not going to uh, you send your money to Tallahassee and fight against stuff that the people in this state actually want. I mean, the governor was reelected pretty handedly. We have an all Republican Senate and House of Representatives. The parents vote. I mean, the support for the Parental Rights and Education Act in Florida is huge. It's not huge at Disney. It's not huge at Disney in Burbank, which is where all this hubbub is actually happening. Uh, but here in Florida, people are really, they're really excited about it. They don't want groomers in the classrooms. They don't want their kids learning about transgender body parts and homosexual sexual acts and all that other stuff. They want them to learn about, you know, stuff that they need, like history and civics and, and mathematics. And uh, that's all I can, I didn't, I wasn't really, I wasn't really big into school. So I don't really know what else they taught. <laughs> There's something else. What, um, oh, reading? Is that a thing? Yeah, reading. Get those kids reading. They don't need to know about they don't need to know about, you know, gender transformation uh, su surgery or puberty blockers or who's their teachers are sleeping with when they get out. That, that's not pertinent to their lives. Um, and so, and, you know, and, and a lot of people in Florida agree. So, again, if he if he if he took the strong stance, he's now just chasing these social justice warrior claims and he's chasing these these, these, uh, you know, issues that don't really matter. And he's attacking, uh, corporate America and he's big government. So it's a, it's a lose, lose situation, but that's how campaigns are run. You can't really, I mean, you can't really do anything as, as a sitting governor without getting criticism for it. And that's one of the issues about running as a sitting governor when, you know, like Donald Trump is not anything right now. He's not a president. He's not a governor. He's not an elected official. He's not even running his business. He's campaigning. And he's also he's he's a victim of um, frivolous lawsuits and legal uh, attacks. But that's a different story. Uh, but yeah, he's running as a candidate. That's all he's doing right now. Nikki Haley is no longer governor of South Carolina. She's running as a candidate. Vivek Ramaswamy, he's running as a candidate. He's not doing anything else. Asa Hutchinson, who I think is still running, even though you can't really tell these days, is just running. That's all he's doing. Uh, but Ron DeSantis, if and when he jumps into the race, would be the first candidate with a current job, with an actual job, with a, an elected position that he has to execute while he's also running. Ron DeSantis would be the first governor in this race. Chris Christie, if he jumps in, he's just a news analyst and he'll, he'd have to quit that gig. Mike Pence is doing nothing if he jumps in. Same with Mike Pompeo. So it puts him in a tricky position because everything he does in his day job then becomes fodder for his adversaries in the Republican primary to attack him. So. 
you have to take it all kind of with a grain of salt. Now, I believe that Disney definitely overstepped their boundaries. And again, this all comes down to money. If Disney didn't take all this money from the state of Florida, if Disney didn't get all of this special treatment from the state of Florida, if Disney didn't have this self-governing power, which saves them hundreds of millions of dollars a year at the expense of the Florida taxpayers, then it wouldn't matter. You know, Ron DeSantis wouldn't be yelling and screaming at them, but they get all of these benefits. They get all of this stuff from the state of Florida, and now they're using that money that they get as a result of their great partnership to attack the state of Florida. And that's where the governor said, I draw the line. And I think it was a good thing for him to do, and I'm glad he's continuing to do it. I don't think he's anti-capitalism. Uh, I don't think he's a big government kind of guy, but you know, he's got to fight for parents' rights. And for those that say this is a losing issue, Talk to Glenn Youngkin, because in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin rode this same, very same issue all the way to the governor's mansion. And uh, he also may be jumping into the presidential race as well. But that's yet, that's yet to see. As far as the, um, the Ron DeSantis timeline, because I know there's a lot of DeSantis fans out there, DeFantises. If you uh, are wondering when is Big Daddy D, when is Puddin' Figures, when is Ron DeSantis going to jump into the race? Here's what we're hearing. We know that he's claimed he's not doing anything until after the legislative session ends. And the legislative session ends here in Florida on May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo. That is next Friday. So next Friday, Ron DeSantis will be free to announce because the legislative se session, that's going to be over. It's going to be done. There ain't going to be no more legislative session for him to worry about so he can jump into the race. We hear other people saying it's not going to be, you know, that quickly. Some folks have said by May the 11th. Some folks have said by mid-May. Some folks have said definitely before June, which could be later in May. Uh, we've also heard that it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, an exploratory committee, which he's going to announce first. And then maybe a week or two after the exploratory committee, there'll be some kind of formal announcement. But I will say this, it's going to make for a very, very, very interesting summer because Donald Trump currently is the, I mean, the guy's got an overwhelming lead. I, I just saw a poll. Uh, he posted 62% over Ron DeSantis's 16%. 62% is the highest I've ever seen Donald Trump in any poll for the primary. And Ron DeSantis is at 16% and currently not in the race. When he announces, will that boost his poll numbers? Yeah. Will it, will it destroy Donald Trump's? Probably not. I mean, when you think about it this way, if Ron DeSantis jumps into this race and finally becomes a candidate, he may just be drawing numbers away from Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy and Asa Hutchinson and anyone else. He may be drawing support away from some of those other non-Trump people. Because really in this primary and in this race and in this atmosphere and in this political climate, you're either Trump or nah. So I don't know that there's a lot of Trump supporters out there just waiting for Ron DeSantis to declare so they can change their minds. Um, and I think there's a lot of other people that are like, look, you know what? If Ron DeSantis doesn't get in this race soon, if he keeps battling with Disney, if he keeps doing all these things that people think are a big misstep, then maybe, maybe Donald Trump is our guy. Anyway, we'll have more on this, of course, when it actually happens. Don't forget to go to enemiesreport.com, enemiesreport.com, and join me May the 2nd at 8 p.m. as I open up the dossier and roll through it and tell you everything you need to know about all our enemies, foreign and domestic. That is enemiesreport.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget the Marque Show starts at noon Eastern, 11 Central on all of our k radio network stations and streaming services. And per usual, 
I don't, and I, if you stumbled on this and you're like, I don't even follow this podcast, but it's great. Or if you're like, wow, I first time I'm hearing this, but I'd love to subscribe. So I get these updates delivered to me automatically. Do it. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to, they have a subscribe feature or a, a follow feature, or a, this is my new favorite podcast button or something like that. Click that now because we want to make sure that you're hearing us all the time and you're staying up to date with who's out there fighting on our side. And more importantly, who's out there fighting against us. And we need to know that we can get in touch with you on a daily basis so that we can all live and learn and talk and decide what we need to do together cumulatively as Americans to save the Republic.